Welcome to Future America, our new series. I'm excited about this series, and I just want to tell you how it came. It was really amazing uh, the way it came to me. I woke up in mid-July, about 3.30 in the morning, and don't feel bad for me. It wasn't spiritual or anything. I only need six hours sleep. I went to bed at nine, so I'm up at 3.30. And I went into my living room, and I sat on the chair. I call it the prayer chair in the morning, and that's where I do my devotionals. And then all of a sudden, it was at this hardly ever, ever, ever happens. I saw a series. It was like it bubbled up, and I called it America's Future. And I'm typing on my, the, my app on my phone. I'm typing it all out. I gave it to the creative team. They said, America's Future is good, but let's call it Future America. I said, I have no creativity. That sounds great. And so, so we did it. But I, I received all the lesson titles. And, and, and I, I'm typing them out in just a sentence or two about what the lesson will be like. And I really believe he's stirring pastors everywhere. They may not receive it the same way I did. They may teach it a little different. But I believe pastors all over America are being stirred by God and all over the world, really, to teach what we're going to teach. And the reason this is so different is because I'm convinced God took a switch and turned it on. And we're entering into a new phase as a country, as a world. It's a God thing that he's doing. So if you have felt in the last year, this year especially, but even last year, if you felt like you've been taking crazy pills because up is down and down is up and right is wrong and wrong is right, if that's how you feel, then you're going to love this series because, guys, you're not crazy and you're not taking crazy pills. We have literally entered into a new phase. This series is not political, and so this is not a political series. Um, it's, it's really about where we're at and what God's going to be doing in the earth, and it's a very important series. It's kind of like God wants us to put our game face on, right? That's all it is. Uh, for any of you that have ever competed, whether it was in dance or uh, you know football or sports, I remember I played football in high school, and I just remember game day, you put a different face on, right? You, you prepared and, and, and you concentrated. And guys, it's game day. It's game day. God has chosen you. He's chosen us, Christians all over America, all over the world. He's chosen us to be the closer. And we're closing this thing out with the help of God. And it's a really exciting time to be alive. But there's certain things that are going to come at us, and we have to know that those things are coming at us. I'll tell you what, I'm really excited about being the closer, man. And I may be a little different this morning. Uh, it's not because of coffee or anything like that. I'm just so excited about this, right? So I, I love history, especially ancient history. And years ago, I was studying Rome, and <clears throat> I thought about it for this series. It just came to me. And it's fascinating. You know, when we think of ancient Rome... We think of the Nordic, you know, warriors, they're kind of crazy, coming down from the north, and they destroyed Rome. And I know if Pastor Graham was still at the Borman campus, he'd be going, yeah, those are my people. I've got Nordic blood in me. But guys, listen, listen, listen. As tough as those warriors were, and they were a bit crazy too, Rome's army was so big and so strong, you could not beat them. Rome imploded from the inside out. As a matter of fact, if you study history, there's five reasons that they imploded. I'm going to deal with the number one reason, and it's going to shock you, the number one reason that they imploded. It's, it's, it's like mind-blowing, right? But, it, but it's true. And all five of the top reasons parallel with America. I just didn't have time to bring it all out. Now, most of us know this, that Constantine, Constantine 
uh, the emperor of Rome, he decided that everybody in Rome should become a Christian. And they say, historians, we don't know if, if he really had a conversion or not. They're not sure. They, did, they don't know if he did it for political reasons. Imagine that, right? And, and so they weren't sure, but uh, here's what he said. He said, everybody in Rome will become a Christian. You will be water baptized and you will be a Christian. And they became Christians appear a religion without having a conversion here. That's why you had the Crusades, and those were not true believers, guys. Those were Christian in name. And even here in America, we have so many people that are Christian, but they haven't met Jesus yet, right? And you'll hear that seep through as we go through this lesson. So Rome has that going on, and then they have these other five reasons, top reasons, and they implode. And here is the number one reason the Roman Empire fell. Decline in morals and values. Historians say that, not Christians. Historians say that's the number one reason. You may say, how can that be? Well, when an empire or a nation loses its moral compass, they're done. They're done. And and it, it doesn't have to be just Christianity. It has to be a moral compass. And they were done. And that was the number one reason that they imploded. And they, they were able to be taken over by countries and people that should never have been able to take them over. And guys, there is a moral decline in this country. And I'm not here, you know, to just talk about morals. But for this first lesson, it's really important for you to understand what's going on in our country. It's really, really important. I titled this first lesson, The Rebellion. And God, the Bible says a rebellion's coming. And next week, lesson two is called the fall. And all kinds of Christians will fall with the rebellious world. It's, it's going to happen. I want to make sure no one that calls believers their home church, that ever happened. But listen to this. Lesson three, I titled the move. And we're going to talk about the greatest move that God will ever do on planet earth, the greater survival that ever took place. So I want to make sure you don't walk out of this lesson with your heads down like, oh my gosh, this is bad. This is really bad. Or you shut off your screen, you know, oh, this is so bad. I don't want to be Debbie Downer. The male version of that for me is Joe Lowe. And I don't want to be Pastor Joe Lowe, right? I don't want you walking out like, oh, you're going to walk out like just saying, bring it on, enemy, because we have been chosen for such a time as this. Lesson four, I call the weapon. You know, we have all kinds of weapons, right? We have the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, the helmet of salvation. We'll, we'll be using all those, but there's a secret weapon. And someone asked me this morning, what is it? Because they were listening last night. I said, I'm not going to tell you the lesson four, right? But it's exciting. It's exciting. It's an amazing lesson. So guys, think about this. Rome, current, the city of Rome now is huge. Old Rome was pretty small. But do you know they had 32,000 prostitutes in the city of Rome? It was legal, kind of like Vegas, right? What happens in Rome stays in Rome, right? So, so, so that was there. But you know, their number one form of entertainment was the Colosseum. And I love action movies, but I know when people die in an action movie, they didn't die, they're actors, right? They sat and they loved to watch people be killed. That's a perverse society, right? You know what else was happening in Rome? Pedophilia was legal in old Rome. 
And it was legal. And when I think of that, I'd like to transport back in time and punch some people, right? Uh, that makes me more upset than anything. And in our country, they're trying to bring that to a place of normality, guys. So when you think of the United States of America, we are becoming more and more perverse. And you may think it's not important, but it is. And you know what's going to happen? They are going to rebel against God because God says that sexual purity is important. And God says holiness is important. They're going to begin to call things hate speech. And that's all right. We're ready for it. We'll talk about it, right? So here's my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. The world will will rebel, but God's love will prevail. And that's what we have to understand, right? I said this before. I'll say it a couple more times. This is not political. Now, it is going to happen. And I don't know what God's timetable is. I have no idea when the rapture is, so that's not about the... We're not talking about the end times, guys. We're talking about a precursor. And Jesus talked about it. The Bible talks about it all through the New Testament. And here's a great scripture, right? You ready? Here it is. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. And now what about the coming again of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to meet him? Notice that's a question. So Paul didn't have a YouTube channel, Instagram. He didn't have a Facebook page. Uh, there was no internet, right? There wasn't a printing press yet. So uh, they sent him a letter, and now he's answering the letter, and God gave him answers for this whole book. So it became one of the books of the Bible. And listen to what he says in verse 2. Please don't be upset and excited, dear brothers, by the rumor that this day of the Lord has already begun. If you hear of people having visions and special messages from God about this or letters that are supposed to have come from me, don't believe them. So they're telling them, you missed the rapture and Jesus came and it's all over, whatever it was. So now he's going to spell it out for them. And did you notice I'm reading the Living Bible? It's a paraphrase, and I only use it, guys, when I go and check the Greek language out to make sure it's accurate. And they did a really good job. That's why I'm using it. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I know where all the websites are. So uh, take, take a look at verse 3. Ready? Ready? Don't be carried away and deceived regardless of what they say. For the day will not come until two things happen. First, there will be a time of great rebellion against God. That's why I titled this lesson The Rebellion, right? The world will rebel against God, but God's love will prevail. It goes on to say this, and then the man of rebellion will come, the son of hell. That's the Antichrist, seven-year tribulation period. This series, we are not even touching that. This is the precursor, right? And here's the number one thing we have to understand about the world we live in. It says, first, there will be a time of great rebellion against God. And when they rebel against God, they're going to come after the true church. And we've got to get our game face on. Don't worry. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? God can still bless you. He can still use you. You and I can walk in joy and peace because our joy and peace is not of this world. We are from another kingdom, and we're just waiting for that kingdom to come, right? Be our father. And so we want to get our game face on and know, hey, you're not taking crazy pills, Right is still right, and wrong is still wrong, right? Up is still up, and down is still down. But we're living in a crazy world. They're going nuts, and they're going to rebel against 
God. So there's two things I want you to understand about this rebellion. It's really important. Here's number one. The world is being deceived. To be deceived means you believe a lie. And the devil has been doing this all through history. All through history. Listen to this. Revelation 12, 9. This great dragon, the ancient serpent, called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, making the world believe things that aren't true, was thrown down onto the earth with all his army. Future event, he's still deceiving. And guys, this is the best time in history to deceive a world. You have Hollywood. You have all the media. You have 24-hour cable. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying you can get people to believe anything you want. And who's controlling all this stuff? Our enemy. He's got his foot right in there. And some of you younger Christians, and I mean younger, not as, not that you haven't been a Christian a long time, but in age, I, I, I want to try my best to help you because I've noticed when I teach on sexual purity, some of you get upset with me. It's like, oh, this is an old book. Are you sure we should be teaching this? Yeah, we should. Yeah, it's, it's the Bible, right? I, I will admit, and I apologize for the church, what we did in the 80s. Is, I'm just going with what, where I've been. The 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, we taught it all wrong. It was ugly and mean, and we said the wrong things, but we still have to teach it in a loving way. We can't back off. And the enemy's trying to program our kids, and you and I have to understand it's happening, and we want to we do everything we can to, to stand our ground. So I thought this was an interesting verse. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4. the God of this age has blinded the minds, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Uh, that means he's deceived non-Christians so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. I want you to think about that. You know, the Bible talks about an antichrist spirit, right? So there's this guy, the antichrist. You can see the Bible doesn't like him in the verses we read. Um, But there's also a spirit, and that just means against Christ. Have you ever noticed you and I can share Christ with some, some people? And they even go to a Christian church but they tell you, I don't want to hear that. I have a church. And it's like, well, if you really accepted Jesus, you say, oh, man, I'm so excited. You know the Lord too, right? Oh, man, we both know the Lord. I go to this church, you go to that, but we know Jesus. No, when, when, when Christians look at you and say, are you one of those Jesus freaks? They haven't met Jesus yet, right? You know, some Christians are freaky, but that doesn't mean anything, right? Uh, you know you know what I mean? They're different, but but guys... If someone says, hey, do you know Jesus, and you know Jesus, you're going to say, yeah, man, I do. I do. God has me in this church. That's where I go. But I know Jesus. And so he's gotten people to believe Jesus is awful. My wife and I watched this show together on Netflix uh, called The Blacklist. It's right up my alley, you know, the type type of show. And she watched it with me and enjoyed it. Um, But it was so funny. We sat watching the show, but we had our filters on, right? And so... It was amazing. Anytime a Christian's on any of the show, really, in Hollywood, but that show too, the Christians are the lunatics. They're the serial killers. They're the crazy people. And then they had this Muslim guy, and I'm not preaching against Islam, but he was a killer. He killed people for a living. And they showed him going to his imam and praying. And, and I'm like, what? They, they lifted him up. Why, why don't they attack that religion? Because there's an antichrist spirit out there, guys. And you and I have to know what's there. So I want to say to parents, 
Down the road, I'm going to do a series titled Temptation. And I want to help us understand that there's an enemy and he puts thoughts in our kids' heads and and in our heads. I shared this a series ago or so, and, and I need to teach on it, but I want to say it, right? This is really important because you need to be your kids' filters when they're young, right? You need to be a filter for them. But when you and I were born, God assigned at least two guardian angels to each of us, you know? So you had a guardian angel, and one's always got his eyes on you. There could be three, but at least two. And you know what? The Bible teaches, it literally teaches in Hebrews that they come to church with you, and they can't wait to hear the word of God. Guys, listen, listen. But you were also assigned at least two demons. The Bible calls them familiar spirits. You know why it calls them familiar spirits? They've been with you forever. They're familiar with you. And you know when a true psychic uh, tells you things about yourself? Those spirits are talking to them. That, that's how they know your address and everything, guys. It's, it, it's, it's demonic, right? The Bible says it's demonic. So uh, they can't hurt you. And I always say this for the kids that are listening and, and then all the sissies like me. Um, they're not allowed to manifest themselves, guys. So they can't, you know, Hollywood shows that they can come and, you know, scare you or hurt you. They're not allowed to do anything, but they do have one assignment. It's to put thoughts into your head. Temptations. They're able to do it. I mean, the Bible talks about the devil tempting all of us, and he does it with these guys. And so think about your kids. They're watching something uh, or they're learning something in school, right, that the government's trying to force down their throats. Hollywood's trying to force down their throats. And they're watching something about this awful sexual impurity. And a little demon says, you were born that way. That's who you are. And so as parents, you've got to be careful what they watch. We did that with our kids. Man, we were their guardians. And then they come to an age to where they're, they're, they're like, they just, re- they, they push away everything that's not God. Not that they're perfect, but they push everything away. And I'm watching it with my grandkids. My grandson, Joey, is now 11. And he was in a bookstore with his daddy, and uh, Joe was looking at uh, just a religious area, and right next to it, they had the Satanic Bible. And, and Joey saw the satanic, satanic, satanic Bible, and he said, Daddy, we've got to rip this up. Let's rip it up. Let's throw it away. And Joe says, well, we don't own it. We can't do it. And he says, well, let's buy it and throw it away. And he said, well, then they're going to put another one on the shelf. And he says, Joe, we, we just can't do anything. But he was indignant. And you and I want our kids to be that way, our grandkids to be that way, or the world's going to deceive them, and the world's going to program them, and we don't want the world to do that. I want to just show you real quick how powerful our enemy is. You ready? Uh, There's coming a day when Jesus will return, set up his kingdom, and for a 1,000 years, he will rule and reign on planet Earth, a 1,000 years. And all of us will literally have glorified bodies, and we we will... have these glorified bodies. Someone can shoot us. It won't even hurt us. We can walk on the ocean floor. Sharks are going to be afraid of us. You know, it's going to be an amazing time. And we'll rule and reign with Jesus. And there will be people that are just like us in normal bodies. That's the parable of the goats and the sheep. And the sheep gets to stay here. And there'll be nations. And we'll watch and over the nations. Everybody has to go to Jerusalem once a year to worship Jesus. If anybody's sick, they go there and he heals them. And everybody sees Jesus. You know how now we believe, but we haven't seen him? They all get to see him. And the devil's locked up for the whole thousand years. And I want to show you how powerful he is with deception. You ready? Uh, Listen to this. Uh, Revelation 20 and verse 7. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and he will go out 
to deceive the nations. How do you deceive people that have been with Jesus? In, in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand of the sea. So he deceives a lot of people. Verse 9, they march across the breadth of the earth and surround the camp of God's people, the city he loves, but fire comes down from heaven and devours them. Then the next verse says, goodbye devil, right? Uh, He's gone forever. Quick battle. I love this battle. This is one of my favorite battles. I like it quick. I like the good guy to win. I don't like him to be beat up, right? So that's a really cool battle. But here's the thought. Are we being deceived in any area? Next week, we'll, we'll, we'll show you what the Bible says. Jesus said the, the abundant amount of sin is going to make a lot of Christians fall, and that's very important. He gives two things that will happen in the fall, and I, my goal is to pull everybody out of that fall. So that's next. But guys, I read this book by Craig Rochelle. It's called Dangerous Prayers. He's one of the megachurch pastors, and he really loves God. And you know what a dangerous prayer is? It's a prayer where you say, God, change me. And one of my favorite dangerous prayers is this. Lord, if I believe anything that's not true, if I've been deceived in any way, theologically or any other way, open up my eyes. And I, I want to encourage all of us to pray that prayer. Lord, if we're deceived in any way, show us. Because can you all agree the devil's pretty powerful? I mean, he's going to deceive people that have been with Jesus. That's pretty good ability to deceive, right? To make people believe lies. And so we're living in a world that's crazy, right? But we're not crazy. Here's my second point. You ready? The world will only become worse. And that's important. No matter who wins the presidency, one guy might slow it down, one guy might speed it up, but it's still going to happen. Guys, the world is going to become worse and worse. And we have to put our game face on. We have to know what's happening. Um, There's going to come a day where they say it's hate speech to say Jesus is the only way to heaven. They'll call it hate speech. You see how they're calling a lot of things hate speech? And we have our cancel culture. They're going to begin to do it with the church. And they'll say, you can't say Jesus is the only way because that's hate against another religion. But those other religions are saying they're the only way too, right? But they're going to come at the church. You know what else they're going to say? You can't teach sexual purity. That's hate speech. And in Canada, guys, they're way ahead of us. They're this close. They're calling it hate speech, and they're this close to throwing pastors in jail. They're just about, they almost just did it with a pastor. And it's going to eventually happen here. But I'm, I tell Gina, here's what I tell Gina. You know what, honey? When this happens, here's what I'm going to do. Cuff me. Because I am not backing down, guys. I'm going to preach the truth. And if you send me to prison, we're going to have a revival there. And we're not shutting up. We're going to keep going, right? Guys, we're heading into a time where it's going to happen, and we're ready for it. And I'm getting you and us ready. We're putting our game face on. Got the big game coming up, right? Get ready to tackle and everything. Listen to 2 Timothy 3.1. You may as well know this too, Timothy, that in the last days, it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. I don't know at what level. I don't know if they'll throw us in jail or they'll just cancel. Or they'll say, you can't be on Facebook and teach that. You can't be on YouTube and they'll cancel us. That's fine. I have a website. We'll do it from there, right? Um, here's verse two, guys. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be proud and boastful, sneering at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful to them, and thoroughly bad. Now, I want to say up front, us preachers have been teaching this for decades, but a switch has been turned. It's becoming 
it, it's just bad, right? But listen to the next verse, 2 Timothy 3.3. 3. They will be hard-headed and never give in to others, and they will be constant liars. He's talking about Washington, right, D.C.? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I want you to think about this. When President Ronald Reagan was president, for those of you that are younger, he was a conservative Republican. And at that time, Tip O'Neill was the Speaker of the House. So he was Nancy Pelosi. He was a Democrat. He was a liberal. Do you know that Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan were best friends? They had dinner together all the time. They had coffee, but they would go at it over their views. But they listened to each other. Uh, they respected each other. Guys, you might say, it's our current president's fault. No, they did that to our last president. They did it to George W. Bush, right? The other side, it's like, he was so nice. <laughs> he laughed something like that, right? <laughs> he was the nicest guy ever. Guys, the switch is turned. We got to know, it's, it has turned. It's turned. I don't imitate well, but that's okay. That's okay. But we can have fun anyway. Constant liars and troublemakers. And, and we'll think nothing of immorality. It's like... What? There's nothing wrong with this. Throw that whole book away, right? The moral compass is, is really fading. Right is wrong and wrong is right. They will be rough and cruel and sneer at those who try to do good. Verse 4, they will betray their friends and they will be hot-headed, puffed up with pride, and prefer good times to worshiping God. Skip into verse 12. The other verses are great. Read them this week. Yes, and those who decide to please Christ Jesus by living godly lives will suffer at the hands of those who hate him. Here in America, I don't know what level. Again, I don't know if they're going to throw me in prison. I, I don't know. I'm ready. Or if they're going to cancel us. I don't know. They're going to call us haters. I don't know. I don't care. Bring it on because we're going to be true to what Jesus has declared and asked us to do, right? And, and, and verse 13 says, in fact, evil men and false teachers will become worse and worse, deceiving many, they themselves having been deceived by Satan. And guys, I'm not telling you not to have a passion about politics. You know, you follow your heart. If you have a passion, that's great. I'd love to see some godly people run for office, right? That actually had a job, a real job, and then they go to Washington. That would, that would be great, right? But guys, don't allow the devil to distract you. Be passionate. But understand, we battle not with flesh and blood. We have an unseen enemy, and he's trying to take the world to hell with him. And we want to help free the world. So I want to close with this thought. You ready? I don't want to be Pastor Joe Lowe, so here we go. The world is being ripened for the final harvest. And here, here's a principle that I love. Ready? Romans 5.20. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So we can pull this out of context because it's a principle. Where, wherever sin is higher, whenever sin is higher, God pours out more grace and more grace and more grace. Give it up, Warren Gorman, TCI, man. Yeah. So the grace is coming on, baby. So when we see the world's crazy, say, all right, God's going to pour on some more grace. I'm going to be able to do uh, what I couldn't do. You're not going to be fearful. It's like, oh, oh, I'm so afraid. What's going to happen? You're going to say, I'm ready for it. There's a grace on us, man. I'm ready. Let's do this thing. We're the closers. We're going to bring it home, get it ready for Jesus to come back. And that's cool. And we're going to be part of the greatest harvest that ever, ever was on planet Earth. We're going to see the power of God greater than in the book of Acts. And so Jesus was talking about this. And next week, we'll look at Matthew because that's where he talks about the fall. 
And Luke does the same thing. And I like what Luke said near the end. He said this, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Guys, can we, can we just get excited, put our heads up and say, yeah, man, we're glad to be the church. The world's crazy and that's okay. We're going to save a bunch of those crazy people. And we'll see him in heaven, right? And I'm just praying for people in Washington to accept Jesus. I'm praying for people all over the world. I'm praying for God to take the blinders off, and I know you guys are too. And even though this world will rebel, God's love is going to prevail. We're going to see a harvest like we've never seen before. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity. And Lord, I thank you for stirring all of us up. And I hope I made sense, Father God with the most incredible messages in the Bible. Lord, our game face is on. We're ready. We're excited that you chose us to be the closers. And Lord, we we pray that dangerous prayer right now, and you need to whisper it. Lord, if there's anything we believe that's not scriptural or true, open up our eyes and show us the truth. Show us the truth. Guys, if you're ever listening and you disagree with what I teach, that's okay. But pray this dangerous prayer. Say, God, if Pastor Joe's right, show me. If he's wrong, show him and and show me that he's wrong. But guys, don't just walk away from it. Say, God, I want to know what the truth is. Lord, we thank you that you gave us this world as our inheritance. We thank you that we're closing. We thank you that we're called. Lord, if there's anything we're to do politically, anything we're to do uh, to help be the salt of the earth, you show us. But Lord, also at the same time, we know that the most important thing is spiritual. We thank you for the strategies to reach our world. We thank you for being God in all of our lives. Lord, we thank you for this series. Make it come alive as we go through it. And I thank you for every person listening. If you're listening right now, And you say, man, I'm not sure if I'd die if I'd go to heaven or hell. I might be one of those Constantine Christians, right? Or maybe you're an atheist or an agnostic. Um, I came to, I was an agnostic before I met Jesus. I grew up in church, but then I was so mad at God because my brother died in a drowning accident and I stopped going to church and I was beginning to wonder if God even existed. So maybe you're like that. Maybe you're a complete atheist. I don't know. But none of that matters. Here's what matters. Jesus died for all of us. He died for the sins of the whole world and he was buried. He spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth and God raised him up. And here's what's so beautiful. We can't work for our salvation. The Bible says simply believe and we will be saved. We'll go to heaven. We'll become a Christian. Our sins will be washed away. And so if you're listening, you say, I can't remember a day when I did that, but man, something's on me right now. I know I need to pray. Would you pray with us? Can we help those that are praying for the first time? Can we all repeat this prayer and just say this after me? Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. That's why I'm looking to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. I accept you as my Savior. And I call you Lord. And make a decision to follow you. Amen.